Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. Okay, so we finished up the SWOT analysis. So we're still in the how-to. We're still in the, the Bob the Builder phase. So what's... What's next? Well, the next thing we do is set goals. Now, I don't want to confuse people because they may think goals and strategy are the same thing. They're definitely not. See, that's, um, that's, that was my point earlier. I think a lot of people in dentistry have goals and they think that's a strategy. You're right. You're right. So continue. Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt, but I think that really drives home the point I brought up earlier. That's okay. And I think our listeners now are getting the idea that if you set your core values, if you know your mission, and you you develop these in the process, and then you look at a general vision for five years, and then you go through this intense, exciting SWOT analysis. I think the reason I like them so much is there's so much energy around it, and people are standing up, and they're going to the whiteboards and working on them. And then the next step, remember, we haven't set our first strategy yet in this process, is setting goals. It's just asking the question, what, what are your goals for the practice? Now, to be a goal, it must have three components. And this is critically important. It has to be written down. It has to have a deadline. And it has to be measurable. Strategies are not always directly measurable, but goals are. So you can put numbers typically around any goal or at least be able to answer, did we achieve it or not? So goal setting, I think, is powerful for one reason. And if I ask most people, Sonny, why do goals work so well for for people, for businesses? They'll tell you all kinds of things. It focuses you, uh, it gets you to prioritize. Those are all true. But the number one reason goals work is it opens your mind to possibilities. And that's what we're doing in the strategic planning process. So many people sell themselves short and, and, and fall short of their potential. So when you set goals, you're starting to realize, I may not know how I'm going to do it, but this is what I'd like to do. And, and when we get the pleasure of working with a practice, we can tell them what other practices like theirs have done. So I don't remember, Sonny, but there may have been something where I said to you, well, that's doable. Uh, somebody might have said, well, that's going to be really hard. No, you can, you can do this. You just have to do it a certain way. So 
I love goal setting. That's the next step in moving us toward being able to craft these strategic plans. Steve, you want to add to that? I think just to just to reinforce that now what we have up to this point, including the goals you just described, Roger, is you know we've we've got vision. Well, we got our core values. We talked about those are really just there to make sure, as it should be for every decision, every day in the practice, that everything we do in this strategic plan aligns with those core values. And if if we ask ourselves right. on anything we're doing. Does this violate a core value? It just gets removed from the conversation because it's not it's not in line with the core values. Yeah, so like we did that, mm -hmm. right? And I mean, Sonny, I know that is so core just from working with you closely on your team. You didn't really. Everybody knew those core values, and every decision is made along those lines. So we've got all those in place. Set that aside for a second. But now, in the strategic and identifying strategies, it is about taking the vision statements that we came up with, the vision concepts we came up with early, got them off everybody's out of their minds onto paper. We did a SWOT analysis. So we know really what our top five, maybe three strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats are. Combined with what our goals are for the practice, we can, I would say easily, I don't wanna make it sound like it comes out of thin air, but because we've put in all this effort, everybody's starting to really see over the course of these several hours, what things can really be done? What can we pick out of this list that becomes a, an item on the strategic plan? If it's something like everybody now identifies we're gonna open a, another practice in the, a nearby town, that becomes very, very obvious. It doesn't sound easy, but after this process, it becomes very evident to the group. So we can start to list those strategies out and get, get them down and they form the strategic plan. You know, it's interesting. Maybe that's where all the synapses in my brain don't really connect. And you guys, you, you guys, all, you know, and in, in, in thinking about this, this is probably why there was such a, uh, a, a deep feeling of satisfaction in going through this because this was just not a normal thought process pattern for myself. So this was really, you know, it does now in listening to it, I'm like, oh, you guys were manipulating me to get this, you know, <laughs> but it was, it was a fun process because it was, it was a forced discipline for me, but it was just, it was fun and creative and it was really a lot of there. So when we did talk about having the three extra children, it just didn't fit in there. I'm just kidding. So <laughs> got to have some fun. So, um, but then, uh, then, so now, talk, now we're into the strategic items. The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. Correct. We absolutely are. Yep. Go ahead, Roger. Well, this, this is where it all comes together. And, and again, I, I know this is a podcast, so let me just sum up one more time. Core values to mission, mission to vision, vision to SWOT analysis, SWOT analysis to goal setting. And then you're now, believe it or not, it took this long, you're finally ready to think about strategies. Now, some of them you're already starting to have in your mind, different people have different things. The other great thing about strategic planning is one dentist doesn't set the whole agenda. Sonny, you have a partner. He he had a lot to say. Yeah. You have a son who wasn't even a partner at that point. 
he had a lot to say. You had a financial person there. You had an office manager there. Mm -hmm. So now it's time to take that five-year window and say, all right, what exactly are we going to do? When is each thing going to be done by and who's going to be in charge of it? I can't stress enough for people that if you don't have someone responsible, things don't get done. So interject real quick, Roger, taking responsibility does not mean that person does every piece of that strategy. They're just to make sure it gets done using other people, other resources, whatever it takes to get it done. Because uh, they don't want you don't want them overwhelmed by that. It's it's a big responsibility, but it's it's responsible to get it done, not do it all. Uh, Steve, thank, thank you. That's that's a critical point because I remember in our converse in your in your strategic planning sessions, Sonny, saying um, you may be responsible for, it, but you don't have to do it. I think one of our most important jobs as the strategic planning uh, uh, consultants for that practice is to make sure that they don't come up with a plan that's unrealistic. You know, we want the plan to be challenging, and, but doable, not where somebody puts so many things on their plate, they couldn't possibly really do it. So, uh, and we've seen offices have five strategic plans, and we've seen offices have 28. I think more than 25 to 28 over five years, because these are big plans. They're just not gonna get done and other things will occur along the way. So this is where you literally step back. At, but, but for the listener, they're probably thinking, okay, what are my plans? And the answer is- What are your you mean, stra you mean strategies, Roger, I think. What are my strategies? Right. Thank you. And bottom line is you can't get there if you don't go through the process. That's a big point, you know, and, and you're right. And I know the one thing that you said to us was, you know, oftentimes people will maybe hit 50%. So I was like, okay, as right as an athlete, I'm like, oh, hell, we're going to bury 50%, you know? So, <laughs> so, and it is and all of a sudden, all of a sudden now you're back in school and you have, you know, sort of a syllabus, a grading system and, you know, and you, you have, right. you know, you have targets and, and it's, it's, that's fun, you know? Yeah. And it's not just, can I do a hundred thousand dollars this month? No, it's, 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 no, it's, it's different. And it's, it's meaningful and it's lasting and it's, it, it well, it's well, for us, it was fun. It's been fun and it will be fun or else I'm going to be out of this, but it's been fun. So, so, and it was fun to get back with you guys and say, Hey, guess what? We did this and we hit these and we're, we're flying. And, you know, we, and, and the timeline was fun because, we put certain ones had to be done within six months, certain were a year, certain were two and three years. And that, you know, so in term in, in developing the strategies, you also had to determine what timelines you're talking about. So you have some overall overreaching goals or overarching goals. And then you have some other really clear. So like one was Marcus, you know, my son to get his Pennsylvania license. So, so that put us on, on task. And that was very helpful to do some of those things. So, yep. so uh, do you want to go into more details on any of that stuff at all, or we're good? Well, that's a perfect segue, Sonny, just to the, the really last how-to element in this process, which is the follow-up from the strategic plan. So we've identified all these, well, whether it's five or 28 strategies, depending on the group. Really, the, the, the next step in that is to check on progress monthly, don't let, you know, make sure that same team meets once a month or so to make sure those uh, check progress on it. Because as you said, if, if you can get 50% of this done, that would be a huge improvement in, in life or in the practice. 
the only way you'll know how you're doing is if you're checking in. You can't just put it up on the shelf. A lot of strategic plans just get stuck up on the shelf. It's a nice looking binder. Maybe the easel paper hangs around for a while. And then a year later, everybody's forgotten about it. Can't have that happen. You got to look back at it every 30 days, go through all of them. Even if no progress has been made, you got to say, well, we haven't made any progress on this by design because it's six months out from now or eight months out or because something fell apart that we need to address. And then you need to look at it again, the whole plan on an annual basis and you know, kind of go through a, a smaller version of the of what you do when you set your first plan up to make sure that the whole plan is still in line with the vision of with the ownership's vision of the practice. Okay, yeah. Steve, I, that's so well said. And I, I would add these two final notes. The last page of our manual is basically a sign that says no plan survives its collision with reality. You know, you go through this entire process, you spend a day, day and a half, you, you go deep, you are soul searching, you're building your future. And then we end by telling you, this is fantastic. You've done great work. We've got a five-year plan. We've got the strategies, the deadlines, the responsible parties. Oh, and by the way, it won't turn out exactly like this. <laughs> and, and, and the pandemic's probably one of the most interesting factors. When it first hit, I had very serious concerns about what was going to happen to dental practices. And we turned out, fortunately, much better than expected. But I have not talked to one client that went through strategic planning that did not end up doing very well in 2020 and even better in 2021. Now, some of that might be busyness and people have more money to spend. But I, I believe that having a plan that you can work from and shift from is a huge factor when uncertainty hits. And right now, you know, again, we don't know what's coming. Is there inflation, the economy? We, we don't know what's coming, but you'll do far better with a plan no matter what comes at you than if you don't have one. Uh, and then the last factor is something I've never heard anyone talk about, but I've added it to our strategic planning. And I added in early because I look for it which is what I call the stop doing strategies. What are you going to stop doing over the next five years that you shouldn't be doing that will allow you to focus on your priorities? And I actually am encouraging people now to develop a stop doing list. What, what do you do now, Sonny? That you, and I don't think we talked about this when we were together, but nope. what are you doing now that you should be giving up? And I'm now convinced that the stop doing is just as important as what you're going to do. Uh, if you're not shedding things as you grow, then you'll cease to grow. So, uh, so that those are two components that I want to share with everybody that I think are so important. Well, I will say this: you know, you talk about it, and um, the reality is, we did this, and not there. There after was, you know, we hit the pandemic, we're shut down, and the core values that we developed that from from our practice were never more obvious and it was almost like okay this is now sesame street for core values so the things that we did the zoom meetings the facebook group that we set up the communication all the different things that we did really was well, let's just go back to our core just go back to the core values that's point this one that's what we're doing that's where this is coming from and it was almost like teaching moments without necessarily calling them teaching moments, but it was 
in action. This is now in action. Okay, why are we remodeling the office? Well, da, 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 you know, and 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 everything and all the different things and the things that Lisa did and the outreach programs that she set up and then the kind of the fitness things that we were trying to do and just all of the different aspects of things that we were trying to do. How does it touch our patients? How does it touch our staff? The video messages that we put up. And it really was, without thinking about it, it was like, oh my God, this is this is this. So you know, and again, that's not my strength, but it was something like, okay, this really hits that, you know? And so many times, you know, whenever some, like, especially if somebody comes in or, you know, they, you know, like, oh, they're too cool. And what's this core values, you know, we, and, and all of a sudden you're like, there it was right there. Yep. Oh, you know, so even yep. the most cynical person, they may not fully engage, like they may not fully engage in the whole process, but they do understand that there's a method to the madness. Yes, Sonny, you know that one of my favorite parts of my career is I take six dentists, only six, for something called executive coaching because I truly love it. I don't have to do it. Maybe I shouldn't do it time-wise, but I love it. And I work with you know, very successful dentists. I'm very careful who I work with because I want to do a great job that want more success. They, now they're not greedy people. They're just, they're actually, they're all really nice. I only work with nice people because they all end up becoming my friends. And there's a female who had a very nice practice, uh, you know, not top 10%, but a really nice practice. And I ended up working with her and her personal life was a disaster. It was like a yin and a yang. Nice practice, well-organized, well-run, good staff. Uh, personal life, she was coming apart at the seams. And the statement I made to her, because so much of what we teach in practice can be applied to life. And I think this is really important for all the dentists who hear this podcast. If you live a life in conflict with your values, you will never be happy. I said to her, I, I can't tell you what to change in your life. I can't tell you how to correct your personal life. These are decisions, you know, in executive coaching, you ask lots of questions to help people arrive. The goal is to get from A to B. And I, you know, I really like her. I'd like to see her happy. And she's still in the midst of all this, but she's living a life in conflict with her values. And if you don't bring your life and your practice in line with your values, you're just not going to be happy. And as you said, Sonny, dentistry gives us the greatest opportunity to be happy of any profession I can imagine. You know, it's funny you said that because there's a very close friend. I'm sure he'll be listening to this podcast. And we've had those personal in-depth conversations. Now, I'm not an executive coach, but we've we become very friendly. And that's what I think his struggle is now. And I look at all the friends I have in dentistry that I went to either dental school with or know or people I've met or people from college or high school. And their personal lives mimic their professional lives. And it's not an accident. It's, it's not. And, and, and you've, you've, <laughs> in your beautiful way, you have, you have made it make sense to me. It's just an observation of the world. Like, you know, happy life, happy wife, happy, you know, like, like it's, it, it, it's not an accident that they're doing well, you know? No, no, they figured it out and they got it right. And I feel bad for people who have so much potential and they don't figure it out. And, and I would end by saying, and then Steve, you can make your comments, strategic planning, you know, maybe we should do personal strategic planning, but you should definitely do practice strategic planning. Don't wander through your career. Don't let your practice control you. 
Uh, and it's fun. That's the biggest thing. It may sound like so much work. It's actually, people have fun because as you remember, Sonny, at the end of the process, we do something called rate the meeting. Each of you had to give us a rating zero to 10 on how was this meeting? And it's almost always nines and tens. And I don't say that with ego. I don't say that to entice or impress anybody. I say it because the, it's all about the process. When you have a good process, you get to good answers. And that's, that's what it's really all about. Yeah, Roger, I couldn't echo that more. I, you know, to think about this whole concept of strategic planning, the, the, real, the number one rule in strategic planning is to pick, up, pick a valid, legitimate process and then trust that process and, and give it the time, be willing to, um, you know, be willing to sit in silence with your team as everybody cogitates on a statement and, and not have to jump right to the answer. You know, so pick a process and trust that process all the way through to the end. And I, I, I have seen dozens of strategic planning teams you know, come into the come into it thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get there. I really want this, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. Trusting the process and having real satisfaction. Sonny, you've said something similar, having real satisfaction at the end for having trusted it all the way through. So that that would be the, my biggest piece of advice for you know folks looking at doing strategic planning. Yep. So so what you're saying is that people are looking for a shortcut, really? And, and <laughs> yeah. They're looking for the yeah. magic fairy dust that that you see on every Facebook dental group. Like, oh, I want a letter. Give me a letter to send a patient so I can do this. Oh, oh, just you know that it's it's a process and it's it's the hardest thing in the world sometimes to. <laughs> And I, and I probably is I probably was tougher than some of the people you dealt with because you know I've just never been you know and, and I've never I've never worked with a consultant I've never had you know advisors per se and like I said just I guess a lot of dumb luck along my career but um, you know to to get that and, and to trust that and to trust the process absolutely I mean not we're not the Philadelphia 76ers but we're going to trust the process here mm -hmm. and. It's very true. And now and, and it, what's really funny to me is I'm a person who's used your services, loved it, very happy with it. And now I'm listening to it and saying, oh, my God, that makes sense. And I didn't really understand it when I jumped in. I just said, you know, we're doing all these things. Why don't we just get a why don't we get an outside view and see if we can uh, see if we can get a little bit more um, vision forward? Because now, OK, I just turned 58. I still don't have any plans of slowing down or retiring, but you know, and my partner, my main partner, Brian's 50 and my other partners in his forties, you know, so we have the different age groups, but in looking at all those things and if things change and our perspectives change, those things will change. So let's say, you know, Brian says, listen, I'm going to retire in five years. Okay. We, we need some thought. So you've kind of really taught us a lot of things and you encourage us to have another session. So we do this at least yearly and review where we're at our, you know, check our, um, you know, do our, um, you know, our, our, whatchamacallit, our grading system, how we doing, you know, and it's been fun. Cause I, I always like that kind of stuff. So. Sonny, that is so well said. And really, you know, the reality is <laughs> I was all over the place. <laughs> no, I know. I got, I, I've got two takeaways from what you just said, because number one, uh, first of all, you are one of my favorite people because you, you have humility and when you maintain humility, you're open to all of this. And, uh, you know, you, you didn't get there by dumb luck. 
you got the, everybody has good luck and everybody has bad luck. It's what do you capitalize on? But you had intuition. And what strategic planning does and did for you, if you think about all this conversation, it helped you take your current intuition and put it into a quantifiable set of strategies. So that's fantastic. The second thing is you to everybody listening, you don't have to know how it's going to come out. You're not going to know how it comes out. Steve said it, trust the process. If somebody called me up and said, I want to do your strategic planning, I'll write you a check, but I don't want to do part three. Not that they would even know that, but we're not going to do part three. My answer would be really appreciate the call, but we're going to bow out because we only know how to be successful in our process. So if you go online to do this yourself, and I want to stress to people, you can do this on your own. Don't mix different models of strategic planning. Pick one horse and ride that horse. The worst thing you can do is start mixing and matching and over-researching because you'll put together a horse that looks more like five other animals combined than one horse, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, Google, Google's the enemy here. No, just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway, uh, any final thoughts, Steve, Roger? Appreciate your time as always. Sonny, all I, all I can say is I, I, when I see you pop up in a text on, on my phone or an email, I, I get a big smile on my face because I know I'm going to have a great conversation with you and have a very, it's always a positive thing. So thank you. Thank you for reaching out to have this conversation. Just if just so that I could get your text and get the smile that I got when I got your text. <laughs> oh, tell my wife that, will you? Uh, Roger, yeah, yeah, sure thing. <laughs> well, and Sonny, I just want to end by thanking you for doing these things. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm working on this uh, video book, and we won't go into any details, but uh, it's about practices that enter the top ten percent and the seventeen principles we found in common in a thirty-year ongoing study, and one of them is continual improvement. And what you're doing is giving everybody a chance to keep improving. Ages, you said you're 58, doesn't matter. It's where do you want to be in five years and keep improving and you're giving everyone a chance to learn. And I thank you so much for including Steve and I in this because I call it a vector. If we reach some people and they reach other people and they reach other people, then we're, we're touching a lot of people and helping make a better profession, better careers and better lives. So thank you so much. Love it. I mean, that's, that's what, you know, that if that doesn't wake you up with a smile every day, man, go do something else, you know? Right. So anyway, thanks guys. I appreciate your time and expertise. And I don't worry, my wife's not, we're not going to have three more kids, but I would love to, but she's not gonna <laughs> let that, it's not going to let that happen. So, all right. Thanks. So thanks, thanks for having us. Appreciate you guys very much. Thank you, Sonny. Bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye. You too. Thanks for listening to the fee for service dentist podcast. If you would like to share your fee for service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.